everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage, and I'm here with my co-host, Olivia. Hey, everyone. It's me. So I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, we actually are filming this episode a little bit late just due to the holidays. So yeah, our last episode was in regards to the holidays. And I know we actually did get a few people that reached out to us on Instagram just sharing their experiences about the holidays, which is really cool. So I hope everybody stayed safe. I hope you had some nice turkey and some nice dinner and potentially even like told off a racist uncle or aunt. I don't know how your family is, but that's always an option during Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know definitely that time is hard for people. And, you know, we talked about it a lot. I personally, I spent the holidays with, um, my partner's family, we all got tested beforehand. And it was nice because this was the first time that it wasn't my partner's extended family. It was just uh, her mom and her dad. And it was me and her. And it was just the four of us. So there was no pressure to like perform or anything like that. And it was nice, simple, small. I didn't feel any pressure. Was sad though. Uh, my dad came into town uh, last minute or just like to surprise my sister but didn't call me to tell me happy birthday, or not happy birthday, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, um, and just didn't call me to tell me he was there. So I was like, wow, like that's super fucked up. And so that was really upsetting. I had to find that out like later. My mom and uh, my brother called me and were like, oh, did you know he was here? And I was like, no, he didn't tell me. So that sucks, but I did have a good time. We had some good food. Um, Emily's mom cooks the best uh, pumpkin bread. Uh, Emily, make sure you show this to your mom so she likes me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a, the whole like the whole experience was good. I don't, how was your experience? What happened? It was good. It, we were similar to you. It was pretty much just his immediate family. Usually, it's like extended family as well. But it was just his parents, his sister, his grandma, and his aunt and uncle, which is like typically who we spend the holidays with. So it was a lot smaller, which did wonders from my anxiety as we talked about last week. So, I mean, I guess COVID has its perks because it kind of forces you to pick who you need to spend the holidays with just to kind of limit the amount of people that are gathering, especially because in LA, actually this weekend, they passed another stay-at-home order. So yeah, you aren't able to like publicly gather after a certain period of time and there's a lot more restrictions going on. But yeah, Thanksgiving was, it was relaxing, surprisingly, considering how crazy the world has been. And we ate a lot. It's funny, like everybody brought food, but we brought Trulies. That was our our gift to the Thanksgiving feast was alcohol. So, yeah. How do you like Trulies? Because I- um, I'm like... I love Truly. Do you really? prefer White Claws over Truly's, or do you? Oh yeah, for sure. White Claws are way Wait, better. Really? I've only I've only had a few White Claws, and then um, Emily bought Truly's. And see, the thing with the Truly's is that I taste the splat, like the the artificial like sugar, and I don't know why. Like I'm so sensitive to that, where I'm like I'm a little turned off by it. But I don't know. I had a passion fruit. I think um, uh, was it passion? No, it was uh, fuck. I forgot which one I had, but um. Uh, it was, I had it for my birthday. It was the first time I had a white claw and I would just, my life changed from there. So oh my God. I'm very like biased. LaCroix? I'm not a fan of like sparkling, like, like sparkling, uh, like water. And yeah. so, so it's, that's why it was always hard for me to like get into like, um, like a white claw or anything. But I finally found one that I liked that I was like, this is manageable. Like I can deal with this. Yeah. Are you a fan of LaCroix? No, I mean, white claw, I don't hate it. I prefer Truly just because it, to me, it tastes better. And like when I drink White Claw, I always get like a lot of buildup and like I burp a lot because of all the fizz and stuff. And it just doesn't bode well for me when I'm a little tipsy. So that's why I don't drink White Claw. It's so funny because like Emily bought um, at our like local grocery store, it's called Publix. Like like the South essentially has a bunch of Publixes. That's like our grocery store. It's essentially the South's version of Ralph's, I'm assuming. Um, But we have, uh, it was a buy one, get one deal. And we got like the Bud Light seltzers, which was, uh, 
they are they are the garbage of garbage. <laughs> it was so bad. I feel bad because like I don't drink much, and it's mostly Emily that drinks. And so it was just really funny because uh, we like it was buy one get one, and they're like giant contain like giant like packs. I think there were like packs of like sixteen. <laughs> And so I don't drink them. Emily drinks them. And Emily feels obligated to drink them all. So we just like have so much fucking Bud Light seltzer. Ew. I I mean, I've seen like ads of it. Because I know like pretty much every brand is like coming out with their version of a White Claw. I just never tried the Bud Light one. I don't recommend it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to (laughs) pass. You have your Truly and that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. How is your family with everything? Are they feeling better? Yeah, they are. So my my dad was he was never like really sick. He was at his peak COVID symptoms like before he got tested. So like the following week after he started getting better, that's when he got tested and he found out he was positive. So he was already essentially recovering, but he just had the virus. So yeah, he's okay. I don't think my mom got it. I think she actually just got like a cold, like a head colder. I'm not sure what it was, but I don't think she actually got it either. So luckily my family is safe and everyone's okay. And hopefully it stays that way so I can see them next month for Christmas. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's so scary. Just like when you told me, like I had a friend that got COVID and it's just like your heart stops for a second because you're like, you hear all these like horrible stories and yeah, some people react really worse than others, but thankfully, obviously they're okay and everyone's safe. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I hope they had a good holiday. Um, and I hope everything uh, is good with you. It is. I'm like the star of my family. If I'm not home for Thanksgiving, they don't really do anything. So unfortunately, since <laughs> I, I love there. I think they were just like relaxing. I love that. You're the you're their special. I'm the child. Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> That's so funny. Are you, like you're their only child? So. Yeah, they're like, okay, my child doesn't hear. <laughs> it's a Thanksgiving turkey. Oh my god. Well, I'm vegan, so. <laughs> yeah, but um, okay. So going into this show, before we end up going to like the main topics. I have a homework assignment due, and uh, it's like a final, and I'm doing a whole video about pronouns, and so I wanted to interview Gage, and I thought this would be really funny, especially for like video format to like show you guys, so it's literally two birds, one stone. I'm going to also use this video on my final video, Um, so I'm going to ask Gage some questions, so this is going to be like a little Q&A with Gage, a little discussion. Yeah, Yeah, um, so we're just going to talk about pronouns really quick. I know how important that is for the trans community. And I just thought it'd be funny to just like uh, do this on the podcast because why not? Here's some content. That'd be fun. Um, So are you down with that? I'm down. I'm ready. I will never say no to helping somebody do their homework. Like I'm a a scholar at heart and I I know how it is. I'm a trainee. You're helping me. And that's true activism. (laughs) But okay. So. I'm going to jump into this first question and yeah, just, you can just be as honest and open as possible. So you are a trans woman and you're an activist. So why do you believe pronouns are important and how do they affect trans individuals? Um, well, I mean, I guess they affect us daily. It affects the way that we interact with people and if, it affects pretty much every aspect of our life because it's how other people are perceiving us. And I think over the last few years since I've been transitioning, I've started to like kind of learn how contradictory people are in regards to hormones or not hormones, pronouns, because a lot of the times you'll hear the argument that, oh, if you were born a boy, I'm going to call you a boy. If you were born a girl, I'm going to call you a girl. But as we know, Pronouns are like mostly based off of our secondary sex characteristics and what we look like and the way that we present ourselves in public. So there there are very well many people out there who probably are very transphobic, but they're still calling me she and her because of the way that I look. So I think it's really just highlighted how pronouns are essentially just us making up what we think people should be labeled as based off of how they look. And it really doesn't have any link to our biological genitalia because people are still unwillingly and sometimes willingly calling people the wrong pronoun or 
contradicting themselves when they don't think that trans people deserve to be called the pronouns that they identify with. And there are a lot of cis women and cis men that get misgendered because of the way that they look as well. So I just think that whole argument kind of crumbles when you really dissect the way that people use pronouns to address others, specifically just due to the way that they look. And I think, like I said, they really impact us because nobody wants to be in an environment where there are people who are constantly telling you that you shouldn't be able to identify the way that makes the most sense to you. And I think for trans people, it's probably one of our biggest ongoing battles is like, how are we finally going to get the respect that we deserve and fight for equal rights if there are people who are simply just refusing to refer to us by the pronouns that we identify with? Yeah, I think that a lot of times too, it's it's an invalidating experience when someone doesn't use the pronouns that um, you're telling them that are your pronouns. Um, and it can be like a really hurtful thing and it can definitely uh, get to you. It can uh, get under your skin. It can be painful. Um, as we know, like a uh, trans suicide rate is extremely high um, and it's really unfortunate. And a lot of it has to do with the way people perceive trans people and um, this form of neglecting to, um, you know, just listen and uh, love and support trans people uh, is a leading cause probably to experiences that um, inevitably lead to uh, the dangers that trans, uh, specifically trans women of color face. And so uh, this is just like one step in the many things that can really harm uh, the community. And like you said, um, it's funny because like this whole seeing gender thing is like what people perceive as gender. So I'll get comments on my YouTube videos. And I know you do too, where they'll comment saying like, oh, well, she's a man. And it's like, <laughs> you use the right pronoun. I was like, so she like, so I'm she, you're acknowledging that I'm a she. <laughs> or like, it'll, there'll be like comments where like, they're like a clearly hate comment. They're clearly transphobic, but the entire time they're referring to me as she. I have even had um, people commenting, think I was a, thinking I was a trans man and commenting using, yeah. yeah, right. Thinking that like commenting that like using your correct pronouns, like, oh, you'll always be a she. And it's like, exactly. And that's the fun thing is that like, not fun, but it's like, it's like, this is why gender doesn't make sense. Like the whole, like the whole, like um, binary aspect of gender is that, that like the whole uh, pronouns can be used in a million different ways. Um, and uh, you can't like not respect that because when you're just seeing something, you're just kind of closing your eyes to like this bigger picture. And I think that kind of showcases that. But um, I guess the next question is, uh, what do you think needs to be addressed or changed to improve the live experience of more people, you know, by respecting pronouns? Like, what can we do, do you think? Um, that's hard. I mean, regardless, there's always going to be those people that don't care. They're always going to be stuck in their ways and they're not going to change. But I feel like the most important thing that needs to be done is just more education, just because a lot of the people that are refusing to use their correct pronouns or they are spreading myths and calling trans women men and saying they shouldn't go into the bathroom. It's it's basically all due to misinformation and old terms and studies that have been done in the past that have been proven to have no merit at all. So I think just education, teaching people what it means to be trans doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's it's hard for me to try and put myself in the headspace of somebody that isn't just accepting and like, isn't going to think, oh, okay, this person would like me to do this. So just to be respectful, I'll do that. Like, I, I don't understand people that don't have that mindset because like, what is it? Is it harming you at all? Because it's not. So I think or I hope that one day we can just keep educating people and, you know, we need advocacy. We need representation on TV to show trans women, trans men, anybody in the LGBT community as normal people, not as predators, not as villains or exaggerated versions of what we actually are. We need that authentic representation so I think authentic representation along with education is probably what can help us steer in the right direction. But I personally don't know if it's ever going to get to a point where 
there's everybody's just going to be universally respectful of pronouns. I don't, I don't think that will happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. It, and um, I actually read this book uh, this weekend and it was called, it's called pet and it's written by uh, this non-binary author, but it's essentially um, their premise was to write like a, a book, like a happy, like a book with a happy ending that had a trans character. And it was this trans girl that was the main character. And it was really incredible to see and they described this like perfect world where uh, she was accepted into this perfect world. There were no monsters. There was only people filled with angels. And obviously that's what we strive for. We strive to live in a world where we can, um, you know, take these people that are so close-minded and obviously, and um, make sure that we do get to a place where they can be more accepting or people can be more accepting. And um, yeah, so I, I definitely think it's definitely, it's really important that, we start immediately with education. Uh, we make sure that um, in our education system, we teach about trans people. We normalize it. We normalize it in politics by our political leaders. I mean, Joe Biden in his acceptance speech talked about trans people. And like, that's a big step for the trans community. Those types of things, people using pronouns in their bios, like little steps can be made to like, hopefully like make this like bigger picture or like make everyone uh, kind of, take those steps and having trans people's or trans identities be more accepted. And like you said, representation is super, super important. So um, yeah, all that's really good. And thank you for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. That was fun. (laughs) And there it is. That's the, that's my video. And that's also (laughs) the video that's going to go on YouTube. Hey everyone. Um, But yeah, so Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I'll hopefully get an A. You will. I, I don't see how you couldn't get an A. I, it's just not, doesn't seem possible. It's so, hopefully, I'm going to plug the podcast in my video. Well, I'm going to be like, listen, it's funny because like a lot of like classes like this where it's like, it's marginalized based, like this is like diversity issues in human services. Um, this is the class I'm taking. Anytime there's an assignment, I always relate it back to trans identities because it's what I know. Exactly. And it's so it's so easy to get a good grade for like your who you for like writing about who you are and the things you've experienced. Are they like, wow, you're so educational. Like you know so much about this topic. It's so funny because this professor literally like just hasn't been active in this class at all. Like we had maybe like we would get an assignment maybe once every two weeks. It would be like an oh. easy like like assignment. So like, and she wouldn't grade anything. I have a group chat with all my classmates, and like everyone's like, "Where the fuck are my grades?" Like she's not, <laughs> she's not. I keep emailing her, and she hasn't submitted our grades. She's like, and we I, ba- "I'm off duty this semester." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I we don't know what the heck happened, but we finally got our grades. And it is really hard when you have a professor that's not submitting grades regularly because yeah. you don't know what you need exactly. to fix, how to like, yeah. And so it was just really funny having that group chat. But yeah, thank you for doing this with me. Um, it's definitely going to be a, cr- a hard finals week. And you've, you've been through school. You know how like stressful it can yes. be, especially during finals. Yeah. But I appreciate it. But yeah, um, we can definitely jump into the main, the main uh, course of this video if, you're, if you want to jump start it or however yeah. you want to. Okay. Yeah. So basically for... The main topic of this episode, we are going to be going over an article by Insider. Um, And essentially, it's just a bunch of different phrases and sentences that trans people hear literally all the time that are oftentimes or are actually transphobic. And I thought it would be interesting for us to go over all of these questions just because everybody is different. I feel like that's something that we've said multiple times on the podcast. Everybody is different, even though I'm trans and you're trans, what offends you and what offends me or what we think as transphobic is completely different. So I think it's important to go through all of these questions and phrases just because a lot of them are a lot more complex than people like to think they are. Like I don't think it's black and white. And I think that there are a lot of situations where it's necessary to have these conversations. I just think that it's important to understand the polite way to initiate that conversation. So if you are ready, we can go ahead and jump into the first kind of question or phrase that people will say. 
Yeah. And the first one that was on the list was biologically female or biologically male. And yeah, I don't know about you or how you feel about this. Like I grew up like very early on internet kind of in like getting very minimal like representation on uh, about trans identity. It was very rare to find anyone kind of talk about it. But the terms biologically female and biologically male were common and were commonly used for a very long time. I personally don't find an offense to this. I know like a new term people are using is like assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth. Um, And I can see how like that phrasing is more progressive instead of saying like biologically female or biologically male. But I don't think this is necessarily transphobic. It depends on how it's used too, I would say. I agree. I, I use this term a lot, actually. I don't personally think it's transphobic. I... I think it also does go back to how the person is using it. Most of the time I hear this as an argument from somebody that's transphobic is and kind of along the lines of, well, your chromosomes are so-and-so, so you'll always be that gender. That's usually what people reference biologically being male or female, at least in my experience. And like, I'm not going to dispute what my chromosomes are like if you want to go that deep into literally the tiniest portion of my dna and talk about my chromosomes that's fine like it's not going to offend me i know like who i am i'm fortunately in a comfortable place in my transition where i can live as the identity that i choose to live as so I just, I'm personally just not offended when people bring up the fact that I'm biologically male and that I have so-and-so chromosomes because that's the way I was born. Like, it it doesn't bother me. I think there are obviously better terms because I think it does bring a lot of emphasis to the biology, which a lot of people try and use to discredit the trans community. But as a whole, I'm personally not offended by that phrase. Yeah, like, um, uh, this is the problem. Like, this article is titled um, Nine Problematic Phrases You May Not Have Realized Are Transphobic. And I understand what it's trying to accomplish by, like, by like talking about this. I agree that, like, biologically female or biologically male might not be, like, a phrase. Like, it just, like, sounds icky. And I can see why that sounds icky. But at the same time, like, it, a lot of this comes down to intent um, and... I, yeah, I don't think, I think it's safe to say that like, uh, this isn't, this isn't, I don't believe that there's, there's, there's more harm that could be done. There's different phrases that I think are definitely more problematic than something like this. Like personally, I still use like, uh, phrases like MTF and I like to put in hashtags and stuff whenever I'm on Instagram and stuff like that. And I know that's like, I acknowledge like, that's like, I'm, like I've always been like for me, I've always been someone like I feel has been represented in as a femme identity. And so I know that like I don't like saying that I was like I've always been a boy, because that's not true. Cause there's no way to be trans. There's not a way that you need to look to be trans. But I was actively um identifying that way in the mask. So when people say like male to female or female to male, stuff like that, I can see why people say that, especially if you're a part of the community, you're saying that about yourself. I don't think that you should blame or target other trans people if they decide to use this. Just because it's an outdated term doesn't mean that it's necessarily a negative thing, especially if trans people decide to use it for themselves. You can't you can't kind of comment on that. So when, like, when I'm reading the title, it says like, oh, these are problematic, like transphobic phrases. Well, a lot of these phrases are used by trans people. So it's kind of like invalidating to like, well, you can't tell me what's transphobic type of thing. And yeah. so, yeah. And so I don't know if you like, yeah, if you feel the same way, but um, when it comes to like biologically female, biologically male, I agree that eventually like with the slow pro- process, like more and more people will stop using this or use this less. But when there's like this community that's kind of grown into like talking like this, especially about themselves, then I don't feel like this is necessarily a giant issue. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's good to preface this by saying that it really just depends on who you're talking to. And mm-hmm. my general rule of thumb is if you're talking to a trans person, chances are they don't want to talk about their transition. So like just don't talk about it unless they want to and they're comfortable enough bringing up that topic with you in conversation 
Um, and like you said, it's kind of hard to tell a, another trans person what's transphobic and what isn't just because everyone has a different opinion on what is offensive, what necessarily isn't offensive. So I think you just have to analyze the situation that you're in and know the person that you're talking to. And I mean, just be aware that these are questions or phrases that are polarizing in the community. So I feel like that should be enough for you to just maybe not ask them unless the person that you're talking to actually wants to talk about it. Yeah, I completely agree. So um, yeah, from there, I think there, there are phrases that, that I see a lot of cis people asking trans people, but in terms of biologically female, biologically male, I can see, I guess, depending on how it's used, how if it's coming from someone who is cis and they're targeting like a trans person, how that can be problematic. But if a trans person is describing themselves this way, you can't necessarily say this is transphobic. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the next one that I wrote down, there's nine of these, but we're not going to go through all nine of them because we could be here all day and talking about it. But um, the next one we have is, are you fully transitioned? This is uh, something that I hear a lot with like cis people and I want to know like your take. Um, are you a fully transitioned uh, trans person? Um, no, to answer your question. <laughs> this, this is one where I'm like, okay, I, I get it. Like, I like what does fully transitioned mean? You know, like everybody does different things in their transition. Not everybody follows the same linear path. So I feel like asking this question is, I, I don't know like what, what are you trying to gain out of it? I feel like this question is mostly used when somebody's trying to figure out if you've had bottom surgery, but they're too afraid to actually ask you if you've had bottom surgery. So they ask you if you're fully transitioned. But I mean, as a whole, I don't think it's even, I mean, I guess it's possible to be fully transitioned once somebody has done everything that they feel like they need to do in order to live their life comfortably. But even at that point, you still are experiencing dysphoria. You're still going through struggles every single day. You're still like actively transitioning with the hormones that you're taking. So I I don't feel like there's a point where anybody stops transitioning because it continues to go even far after you're comfortable. Like I've been on hormones for five years. I obviously still have surgeries that I would like to get, but I even if I had all my surgeries done, I technically would still feel like I'm transitioning because like you know, you go through plateaus and ups and downs with hormones. Like sometimes you don't see any results for a few months and then out of nowhere you start seeing things. So like it's never really at a static point. So I don't think this is a question that you should probably ask somebody because it can be offensive or it is offensive because there are a lot of underlying things that are accompanied with it that can make that person think like, oh, are you trying to figure out if I've had this surgery or that surgery? Are you trying to figure out if I'm on hormones or if I've done this? So yeah, this is one where I would say probably don't ask at all because it's actually very disrespectful. It's really invasive, actually. Like I don't think anyone else is going to ask you your entire life story and everything that you've ever went through in your entire life. So I don't think you should be asking a trans person. And I also do want to say that I think it's also important to look at the intent of what the person is saying. Because we've talked about this before, and I feel like if somebody asks you one of these questions, obviously it's stupid of them. They shouldn't be asking, but they might not know, and they might be super apologetic when you tell them. So if they are, I feel like there's no point to continue yelling at them and being mad if they genuinely didn't know, they weren't trying to offend you, and they were being respectful when you told them that it was not okay to ask them that question. So I think intent also needs to be examined whenever you're in one of these situations. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. There's, we're called, we're called like our identity is tra- we're transgender we're trans. And if we, just because we get bottom surgery, that doesn't mean we're not trans anymore. Like that's just our identity. That's who we are. So transitioning just doesn't end. And I think by assuming that there's like an after, there's an end point to transitioning. I feel like that's also a little like classes. It like, it kind of teeters on that line because you don't know people's backgrounds. Like what if people do want surgery and they just can't afford, or do you want to get on hormones? They just can't afford. They don't have the resources near them. 
um, like that's really invasive and that can be very like hurtful to a lot of trans people by assuming that they need the surgery in order to be fully who they believe they are. And so that that's that that whole ideology that kind of centers around that is that you need surgery to be fully this identity that you so wish to be. So it's definitely not a good thing that uh, we have, or it's not a good thing to kind of ask people that, um, are you fully transitioned? Yeah, there's there's no fully. I mean, I would consider someone, con- like I would consider someone, someone trans as constantly transitioning. Um, like you said, you know, you can go through ups and downs of like dysphoria spells and stuff like that. Um, and especially like hormones go through different like waves of hormones where some days you like, or some like period you'll experience like a lot of growth or a lot of changes and being trans is you're going to like be your identity for the rest of your life. Like that's just going to exist. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's how I feel. And it kind of goes into the next one. The next one is, are you pre-op or post-op? And that's, that's something that we, we see a lot of like cis people ask trans people, like, are you, uh, pre-operation or post-operation? Have you had bottom surgery, essentially? Um, and this is really harmful because, uh, like, why would you ask someone something so invasive like that? Like, I'm not going up to, like, a random stranger and being like, what's in your pants? Can I see? Can I touch? Can I, like, look at it? Like, that's what kind of what it feels. It's, like, super invasive to kind of get into that, like, like, it's almost like, seeing a trans identity and not looking at it as we're human it's looking at it as we're like this object and you're so fascinated and like so intrigued by who we are and like sometimes that well like it's really invasive but like you said yeah intent is the full world sometimes they're ignorantly saying this but once you educate them they're completely like um apologetic and that's definitely something to take into consideration it's not it's not a good thing to be extremely and aggressively mad at someone for a mistake that was not intentional. And so especially a mistake that people might not know fully or aren't educated too much in. And I'm not saying that it's if you're trans, it's your responsibility to educate people. But I, I do think that you need to be more lenient, especially when we live in a society that just doesn't normalize trans people. Um, every day, obviously, it's getting better, but it definitely, you have to, you know, you know, take every day and like, just be understanding that people uh, may be doing the best that they can. And sometimes something may slip up. But uh, yeah, I don't know how you feel about like, are you pre-op or post-op? Yeah, this one strikes a nerve because like when I was on, you know, dating apps and Tinder for a while and all the chasers, (laughs) this is like a question that they would constantly ask. And I, I get it in the context of, okay, we are potentially, you potentially want to be in a relationship with me. And obviously like that's something that is kind of important to know, but I feel like starting off with that question is a little bit, it's actually, it's very invasive and it's like none of your business at that point. I feel like if you are not my partner, you are not going to be seeing what is in my pants or interacting with me whatsoever in a sexual way. It's none of your business. But I do understand in the in the instance where you are talking about it with a loved one. But I feel like at that point, if you are in a community relationship, your your partner isn't going to ask you this question because they'll know. A lot of the times it's like people who are interested in possibly having a sexual relationship with you and would like to know, you know, what genitalia you have, which I it's kind of hard to differentiate what is okay to ask considering, you know, you are putting yourself in a situation where you could potentially be intimate with somebody. And obviously they should know what the situation is before entering it. That's only fair to both parties. But I think it's just a really invasive question to ask in general, because for the most part, like, what does it matter to you? Like if, if I don't know you, if you're my coworker and you ask me that question, like what difference is it going to make? Is it going to make a difference if I have had surgery as opposed to if I didn't have surgery? Are you going to respect me more than you do now? Like, I, I just don't understand why you would need to know. Like, I don't think anybody else walks around constantly asking people what they have in their pants because, like I said, it has no relevance for 99% of the population in 
you really don't need to know. So I think out of everything so far, this one is the most transphobic just because it's like, why Why do you need to know? It's, it's very invasive and you're kind of reducing that person down to their genitalia and it, you know what, it makes you feel weird when somebody's asking you if you've had surgery before and then their reaction after, like, it constantly makes you think, do they think less of me because I haven't had the surgery? Do they think less of me because I have had the surgery? Because you know how those chasers are. So yeah, I feel like there's just a very select few amount of people that really need to know that information. And if you're not one of those people, you shouldn't be asking. And if you are one of those people, you should know better if you did ask this question to like your partner or somebody that is in your immediate circle, if you know a trans person already. Yeah. So um, I guess what we all learn here is that, Gage, have you um, had the surgery? Me? Okay. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> but anyways, that's something that you should never do. Who cares? At the end of the day, like, how does it affect you? Exactly. Um, like, like, and if someone want, if a trans person wants to tell you if they want to be open about the surgery they had, then by all means, like I had a, a trans coworker in the past who like went and I got, and got bottom surgery. Um, and they told all of our coworkers they were getting like, like knee surgery or back surgery or something like that. And, um, yeah, like that was their decision to make. It was uncomfortable, uncomfortable for them to say what they got and they just didn't want to. And it was their privacy and it was their right to not do that. I think we should normalize not being so vocal about stuff like that. Like, like I can't even think about like, if I were to ever get surgery, um, of any kind, like how would I describe that to my work? Um, and so I think it's just best we just accept people's privacy and just like hear them out and listen to them because yeah i mean not everyone needs to know every aspect and every asset of of like your life and yeah it's definitely very very rude um i had someone who worked with my partner and um it was like when i was like beginning my transition i was like just starting hormones and uh they asked my partner how we had sex and stuff like that. And sim- similar to that situation, uh, kept misgendering me and stuff like that. Ended up getting fired because I got him fired, but he deserved it. And, um, but yeah, he would ask stuff like that. And it's like super disrespectful. Just because I'm trans means that you can be super invasive in my private affairs. Like that isn't what gives you the right. And so I think that's, yeah, like you said, I think this is out of the whole list, I can see this one being the most like transphobic. So we went over the most transphobic one of this list. I think the next one is probably the most controversial and it's in regards to dysphoria. So I guess the question is, do you need dysphoria to be trans or somebody telling another person that they're not trans because they do or do not have dysphoria? And this one... This is a very loaded question just because I feel like the community is divided and we both have very strong opinions about this particular topic. So I think this will be good for us to talk about. I don't think we have talked about it. Have we talked about this before? I don't think so. No, yeah, I don't think we've discussed it to my knowledge. Um, It's definitely something that like obviously like um, I don't want to like kind of feel like a gatekeeper because I, I like I I understand that like being trans is like this huge umbrella term and um yeah and I fully believe that you can identify with what you feel and what is your decision and whether you feel like you have dysphoria or not um I believe that you can identify fully as what you feel like you are um but I I also like I know that especially whenever this was a conversation of topic, I know for me, I was very like, I was very like, oh no, you need dysphoria. Like what, what are people talking about? And it was definitely my very, like my instinct reaction to be like that. And I tried to break, like, I've definitely grown a lot and I definitely understand it. And like, I see the trans community as like this huge umbrella term and I will never gatekeep. But um, I know in that beginning, like st- like the beginning part of my transition, I was like a huge, like it was just a huge reaction that I had because um, like when you're, 
when you've grown up without much representation, when like you kind of like in the early ages of of the internet and having very little like representation, um, finally finding a space where you can have that shared trauma, that shared experience, that shared pain, um, I felt like kind of made a community get very, very close with one another. So when a community kind of feels like that's opened up more and it's become bigger um, and like more and more people can get into it, I can see the shock that happened. I think that happened with me where I was like completely shocked by it a little bit. Um, And it felt like there was like people like in kind of invading in the space, which is not, it's not true at all. Like, I don't, I don't think that I definitely think like um, gender is fluid and it's like this huge giant like fluid thing. And I, and I definitely think it's important to openly discuss gender and for it to be this way. But like my interpretation of gender and dysphoria was that like, this is how you were trans. Like I had to be like, I had to go through all this trauma with my endocrinologist in order to get hormones. I had to like endure like all these like awful, awful things that like my endocrinologist did. And this was something I did because I felt like I had to, because I needed to, because I needed my hormones. I would do anything for them because of how bad my dysphoria is. So having a community of people where I could have that shared trauma with was very reassuring for me. And so that's why it was like kind of like a shock for me because I I just felt strongly about, about that. Um, just because I've gone through so much. Yeah, I actually agree pretty much 100% with what you said. Like, it was really hard at the beginning of my transition because there was literally no representation. So when I found out what dysphoria was and how I have been experiencing that my entire life and how that was essentially the source of all of my uncomfort and sadness and frustration with how I was living my life. That was such a big moment for me. And I do attribute a big part of my transition to dysphoria because it helps me realize that I've been living my life wrong. I'm not doing things the way that I should be. I'm basically putting on a false front to everybody and pretending to be somebody that I'm not. So learning out or figuring out that I had dysphoria is literally what propelled me to come out as trans, start my transition and start living myself, living my life authentically as I do today. So for me, I'm not saying that you're not trans because you don't have dysphoria. It's just a little bit hard for me to understand how that could be because like I said, like I've had such a big turnaround in my life after figuring out that I do have dysphoria and acknowledging that and understanding what it means and how it's really affected me throughout my entire life. So when people say that they don't have it, it I, I just don't get it because it, like I don't know if if that's a positive. I don't know if it's a negative. I don't know if they're better off for not having it or why they don't have it and I have it. It's just kind of a confusing topic for me just due to my experience as a trans person and because dysphoria has played such a big part in my life. So I feel like if somebody's listening to this and they feel like they are on the opposite end and they don't think you need dysphoria to be trans or they they can explain this to me a little bit better, I would be really thankful because I've tried to learn, but I still don't really get it. And like I said, I'm not trying to gatekeep anyone or tell anybody that they're not trans because they don't feel a great sense of dysphoria like I do or like Olivia does or anybody else. I just think that it's hard for certain people to understand because every trans person obviously experiences dysphoria differently. Some people apparently don't even have it at all. So it's just hard for us to kind of wrap our head around the fact that there are people that are essentially going through the same thing as us, but they don't have all of that stress that comes along with having dysphoria. Yeah. And I, I definitely think it like comes down to like, like the community aspect. It's like the reason I had like such a, like a, like a weird reaction uh, with it at first was just because, like I said, it was that um, it took me so long to find a community of people that I felt like resonated with me or could agree with me or felt the same as me or related to me. And like, that was such a strong community of people that I can like, um, you know, just uh, like uh, vent to and uh, kind of express all this pain. And there's something so different about like expressing, you know, pain to someone who hasn't experienced what you experienced versus 
with people who know what you're going through. And so I think that's why a lot of people, I think that's why the debate I think is so like common. And um, I always see that there's like this, these inner fights within the community. And I don't know, I feel like, I feel like this isn't something that I think is necessarily should be an argument. Um, I mean, I know, I don't know why I feel like there's very extremes on both ends. Um, I think it's good to have like a sit down and kind of communicate and talk this out. But uh, I'm not I'm not going to gatekeep. I think you, you're if you, you can be trans no matter what. Uh, and there's a lot of growth that I know that I still have to go through. Uh, uh, and I think everyone has to go through. Uh, I think the world is changing. And especially in the age of the Internet, it's changing really quick. There's things that I used to say that um, that I say today, um, like I say SRS. And I know that's like a, a thing that people don't say anymore. And like this happened so quickly where um that like just the phrasing and the way that we view trans people has like shifted. And I think that this is going to, it's going to be a process for people to kind of go over and every day I'm learning every day Gage is learning and we just want to like learn more. So I uh, definitely, um, yeah, just educate us and uh, what uh, just kind of like have a conversation with us. Cause I think that's important, but I definitely think that um, you can um, identify as however you want to identify and I fully support you and I fully support those um, who uh, want to identify themselves in the trans umbrella. I understand that gender is this vast spectrum and it's not fully black and white. And I understand that people are who they are and uh, who am I to say you aren't. So that is my thought process at the end of the day. Um, and yeah. I don't mean to be a fucking Libra either of like, <laughs> well, I want to be like the devil's advocate, like, but I truly feel that way. Or it's like, I like, I can see like both sides and like, I can see why some people would be reserved. I agree. I think, I think it's important to also address that just because we host this podcast doesn't mean we're like immune to not knowing everything. Like there obviously are things that we don't know, especially considering we've been transitioning for a while and we're both in our 20s and you know there's like a new generation so like I guess we might be considered old to a lot of people so like yeah, it's just constantly keeping up with like new terminology like I know there's a lot of terms that you've brought up that I've like used a lot like in my past in the past few years that I've been doing YouTube that now people are leaning towards not saying it anymore so I think it's, it's really just goes to show how things change over time and you kind of just have to keep educating yourself and being receptive to people teaching you and learning from other people that are more educated on certain aspects than you are. Yeah. In my coming out post, whenever I first came out in 2015, I, I called myself transgendered. <laughs> um, and like, that's obviously not something I'd say today, but at the time I just didn't know. I wasn't educated. So if someone's in the trans community and they're not fully up to date with how things are, you have to think that it's like, everything's happening so fast. Um, and I don't think it's like, I don't think it's the best thing for us to quickly blame each other in the community rather than like try and push for a whole, the whole society to kind of move forward um, because things do happen and change so quickly. But I want to reiterate that I'm not gatekeeping. I, I fully believe you can identify as what you want to identify. Gender is so vast and so um, amazing in that sense. And um, I accept you fully for how you feel, how you believe and who you are. Um, yeah. And so I guess that's that on that. Um, I truly, I just, I truly don't want people to be upset with us or anything like that. Like you said, we, we aren't perfect. Like we are, like we want to be the best advocates that we can be and we want to know and learn as much as we can learn. Um, but at the end of the day, we are human, we are flawed and um, we want, we just want to be the best representat representation that we can be. Um, but this is a very, like our community is very vast. There's a lot of people in it. And so sometimes we're not sure what we're saying, if it's wrong, if it's right, who's going to agree with us. Is this like, sometimes it does feel like, which side are we going to be on? And like, I don't like that feeling. And so I hope that, you know, we're not offending or hurting anyone. Like at the end of the, that's, at the, end of the day, I don't want that to happen. Uh, if you do feel hurt by me or anything that I say, like, please reach out and, and ha have a talk with me or Gage, because we definitely want to make sure that we're doing the best that we can. And, uh, we obviously want to be the best representation that we can. We grew up with not having much of that and we're kind of playing it by ear at this point. Um, so yeah, just kind of, you know, have that discussion with us. But 
um, from there, we can definitely go into like, I would say we have a few more, but I don't know if we, we can maybe do like, we have time for like one or two more. Um, okay. I guess we can quickly go through them, but yeah. Uh, yeah. The next one is you don't look transgender. This is literally the biggest backhand compliment that you can give. Oh my God. Person. Literally. Number one, there's no competition. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I, I'm sure you've heard, I've heard it a bunch. I'm sure you have. I have. It's just like. I get it for the most part. Most people aren't like being offensive and they they really are trying to compliment you by like, I don't know if their goal is to tell you that you're pretty or what, but like saying you don't look trans is basically an insult to the rest of the trans community because I feel like most of the time this is seen as supposedly a compliment. So when you tell somebody this, you're essentially stating that your idea of what a trans person look like is inherently ugly or unattractive or just not okay. Clockable. Yeah. So I think I'm, uh, women in general are like the biggest culprits of this because oh my god, you know, right. they like to compliment other girls and tell them that that they're pretty. So like their their biggest thing is oh my gosh, you don't even look trans or I couldn't even have ever tell you just look so pretty and again it like they're they're complimenting you but they don't realize that they're essentially also saying that i think other trans women are ugly and you're like not ugly like them that's basically what they're saying so i think if you're gonna say something like this just say you're beautiful just say you're pretty or you're handsome or whatever like you don't have to bring in the rest of the community or what other people have going on like you don't have to tear down the entire community just to uplift one person. And I don't think any, I mean, maybe there's a trans person out there that actually thinks that this is a compliment and like feel flattered by this. But I feel like most of us are going to like feel some type of way. Like, why are you telling me this? Like, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, there's the, the, I have like friends who like have told me this, like years of me being friends. They're like, yeah, like when I first met you, I like couldn't even tell. And I'm like, what the fuck is <laughs> like, luckily I have like friends where I can just be like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, and like, and um, I've had those conversations with people. It's like, that's like harmful to definitely say. And like, yeah, sometimes, you know, obviously they don't mean it to be like, like mean, but it is mean. Like when you say that it's mean. Because what you're saying is that like trans people typically look a certain way or you can always tell or this or that. And like, that's, that's really not okay. Don't do that. There's not one way or another how a woman or a man or whatever should look like. So don't define people by that. That's disgusting. And we don't uh, agree with it in this house. Um, we don't at all. So definitely, uh, if you see anyone do that, I think it's important to just be like, hey, that's not okay to say. Uh, that's actually disrespectful. So yeah, I mean, with that uh, being that, uh, the last one that we have on the list is, I think I think this is an interesting one to talk about, is uh, transsexual or transvestite. Um, and I have like, I have feelings kind of similar to the first one where we talked about biologically male, biologically female. And I want to know like your view on it. Yeah. I think this also kind of goes back to the conversation that we had about like evolving with times. Like these two were technically like acceptable terms to call a trans person years ago. So like at a certain point it was okay and actually, I don't even necessarily want to go as far as to say it was okay. That's just the word that people use because obviously back then trans people were treated a lot more differently than they are today. So I don't know if it was okay, but that was just a term that they used back then. And as we've started to develop and develop new terminology and learn more about gender and all of these types of things. I think we've started to steer away from using the terms transsexual, especially transvestite, which I feel like is almost exclusively used as a derogatory term. So I think it's important, again, to look at the intent. There are still a few people that will use the term transsexual, not trying to be offensive at all. That's just the word that they know or they think is appropriate to use. 
But pretty much, I would say 99% of the time, if somebody says transvestite, it, it is in a derogatory way. So I think it's important to understand that terms are constantly changing and what's seen as offensive shouldn't be said anymore. Like, I, I understand that a lot of people are probably like, well, I personally don't feel offended by the term transvestite or transsexual as trans woman, but I feel like it's different as trans woman because we, I feel like we can say whatever we want. We should be able to say whatever we want. Like we should be able to say tranny if we want to, like it's, it's a word that's used against us. If we want to reclaim it and use it in our own vocabulary, that's our own prerogative and that's our own choice. But if you aren't trans and you're using it to identify somebody else, you should be using the most updated and correct and polite term to do so. You shouldn't be using outdated terms that are seen as offensive by a majority of the community. So again, I think it depends on who's saying it and what their intent is. And if you, I mean, like I said, somebody calls you a transvestite, it's probably not meant to be a compliment. Yeah, I haven't heard I haven't heard transvestite in a really long. When I read it, I was like, "Wait, I forgot that was a word." Yeah. Um, but yeah, typically it's used not like like negatively. It's used as a slur. It's used as something bad to say about uh, trans people. Um, but I, I've seen a lot of trans people call themselves a transsexual. Like that's a term they still use. Um, and I perfectly think that's okay if you want to identify yourself that way. If you're trans and you want to use that term, that's for sure okay. But definitely, like you said, if you're not trans, if you're not in the community, if you're cis and you're using terms like that, definitely don't. Definitely, uh, I think everyone knows the word transgender now or even just trans. Um, and I think it's important yeah. that, yeah, I think it's important that we like, um, you're like, we advocate for people to use the like updated terms. But some people, yeah, like in the community, like to identify themselves as transsexual or transvestite. Um, I don't know if I've heard transvestite, actually. That was a little harsh when I read it. I was like, yeah. I've heard it in my YouTube uh, comments. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty much literally. exclusively where I've heard it. Our comments are wild. We should do another reading of our comments. Oh, my God. That would uh, be so fun. If we had. <laughs> oh, my God. It was awful the first time. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it comes down again like the first one where it's like if you're part of the community I definitely think it's okay if you want to say it if you want to reclaim it but if you're not a part of the community definitely just don't be more respectful of people um, and be more understanding of people but um and with that being said I, yeah I think that's like that's the list that's what we wrote down and it's funny because like that's perfect timing too Wow, we're honestly so emotional. The way that we we did your homework, we went through the entire list, and we ended at the perfect time. Like, that's just professionalism to me. Right we we know the rhythm. We've done this enough times. Um, honestly, I'm so fucking happy that I got my homework done. So thank you again. Of course, it's just it's all my head, twenty four seven. But um, yeah, I hope this list, and I hope kind of going over this with you guys um i hope that like this was um educational i hope this maybe like affirm some of the things you felt or maybe you disagree with us and like in those instances that's perfectly okay uh trans people not all of us have the same viewpoints on every issue on every concern and so i don't think that um if you have a different opinion i don't think that you should feel influenced by us to change that um unless uh you, you're completely transphobic and against the community but um, uh, I know some of us have different opinions. Some of us feel differently. And if you want to like kind of have a conversation about it, DM us. I think uh, DM us or DM us on our Instagram. And uh, for sure, I would love to kind of have a conversation, learn more, educate myself more. Uh, like we said, the community is constantly evolving. It's constantly, uh, you know, getting more and more um, accepted. And so, uh, yeah, there's a lot more. Uh, of freeing for people to kind of, you know, be in the trans umbrella and it's a lot more easier for people to be in the trans umbrella. So I definitely think that uh, with that, a lot of change comes the more the world gets more and more progressive. So if we had said something today that maybe upset you or made you feel a certain way, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we can have a conversation, a dialogue. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And that generally is like the biggest 
premise of our podcast is to have a conversation and a dialogue. So, I mean, most of the time it is us talking since we do host the podcast. But if you do disagree or you do agree with some of the things that we said, you can feel free to message us on any platform. You can message our our podcast page. You can message us individually. You can comment on our YouTube videos, like anything that you feel like is the best way to communicate with us. That's perfectly fine. And if you are listening to this podcast and you aren't trans, I guess the moral of the story is just mind your business and (laughs) you'll be fine. Like you, you won't offend anybody if you're just minding your business and letting them do all the talking and discussing things that they are comfortable with. And that's that. Yeah. And I hope that we do have a significant amount of cis supporters that like like watch our, our show because I think this is a good conversation to like have where it's like it's educational enough for you to hear our experiences and hear how we kind of discuss these issues, but also it gives people like it gives cis people cis people like a reason not to be not to ask inappropriate questions. It hopefully we help you kind of guide uh, you through that like situation um, or that like. Uh, yeah, whatever. But um, my brain, my brain is foggy because um, okay. I've had such a long day. Yeah. Right? I drove so long today. But um, yeah. So with that being said, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode um, and enjoyed what we had to say. You can always follow us on literally everywhere at Girlish Podcast. So Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook at Girlish Podcast. And um, yeah, support us. DM us. Uh, like our videos. We also have a YouTube channel where we upload our clips um, every week. So subscribe to us on YouTube. That's definitely what we've been trying to push a lot lately. We're trying to get people to watch our videos on YouTube. But if you're like, hey, fuck YouTube, uh, we also post the videos on IGTV now. So we're literally everywhere. We try to be as active as possible and we want to make sure we get all the content out to you guys and whatever means necessary. Like we want it to be super accessible for everyone. And why wouldn't you want to see our beautiful faces? I know. We're talking. We're so, like it's just so pretty. <laughs> Literally. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Like honestly, um, I feel like we've been getting so many DMs lately. We've been getting a lot of engagement and it's really, really great to see. Exactly. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. Obviously, thank you for all of your continued support ever since we started this podcast. And we will see you again very soon with another episode. Bye. Bye, everyone.